This is a crowd podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to pop a quick trigger warning here, because in this episode, we're going to reference suicide and suicidal thoughts. If you think this episode might be triggering for you, then please skip it. And if you need to talk to somebody, please call the Samaritans at 116-123. Someone will always be there to listen day or night, and it's free for all UK phone numbers. Or you can email joe, that's J-O, at samaritans.org. We love you all so much, and we promise it gets better. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, brought to you by Simply Be, fashion fit for everybody. You are Moana! (laughs) I am Moana. I am. She is Moana! You did open water swimming! I did, I did. Was it the best? You look so cute. It was amazing. Like, I really, really loved it. Uh, We did it at a a lake right near us. And it was so much fun. Our instructor was this, like, 71-year-old, ex-pro footballer, lifelong vegan, channel swimmer. Like, he put me to (laughs) absolute shame. Uh, But you know what? I really loved it. I love being in the water. I feel really free. And I was, like, explaining to him how I've always had a kind of a weird relationship of exercise and I've always seen it as punishment and I'm trying to just move my body in a way that kind of feels good to me and I love swimming and I love how free I feel and he was so kind and really supportive and like one thing I have noticed about the open water swimming community is that they're all so friendly and really welcoming and really inclusive so if if anyone is thinking about it like please please do it because like no one really batted an eyelid at me and me bleeding condom slash Teletubby suit (laughs) and you know it was a great time it was good (laughs) I love the fact that Matt did it as well and you both were just like yeah Moana YOLO yeah proper YOLO (laughs) moment of like definitely a fuck it attitude of like we deserve to be here just as much as anyone else so what if people stare like we're gonna do it and we're gonna have a bloody good time as well I'm so glad you did it because you've wanted to do that for so long and it's literally like down the road from you isn't it so thank goodness and I'm glad you had a bit of fun in the week Um, and I wanted to mention this to you uh, the TikTok has got 4.2 million views. Uh, yeah, it went viral, fabulous, because it got on the right side of TikTok. This was mm-hmm. the one where you were in your on the balcony on holiday with your with your Fanta lemon, with your lays, with your hair wet drying, and it was like this is perfect, perfect, perfect. It was perfect, perfect yeah. Until the trolls came along. <laughs> it is baffling to me that this is what people say to people online that they don't know. It, I, yeah. I don't understand so first of all i just want to see how you are and also just to see your like reaction to it really yeah i'm good i'm okay thank you like i'm a bit over it now i think it just at first i think i'm i do get like some nasty trolley comments on instagram but i have quite a lot of filters in place so i don't see them and on the whole everyone is just so so lovely because people that follow me know my content and they're really lovely but i think with tiktok it just kind of like you said like it went viral so like it just was open to everyone and i think the worst thing that I could have done, I have made a pact with Matt to not look at TikTok comments because like I had some nasty ones before, but I looked on the notifications. I didn't look through like through the video, I looked on the notifications and I must have seen about 25 to 30 amongst five good ones. There were 25 to 30 horrible ones along the lines of, is there any water left in the pool? Why are you drinking full fat? Do you need to have that much? And like just really like pathetic, petty, nasty comments. And I, I thought Twitter was the best bit of social media, but it turns 
out it's tiktok babes uh so lesson learned um not going to be looking at comments anymore and it does affect me like i'm not going to lie and sit here and go oh it's water for ducks back because it is painful you'd be you'd be a robot if that didn't have some sort of impact you know what i mean and yeah you know we all want to make sure that that doesn't stop you from from posting that kind of content because the amount of good that there was, you know, it's got millions of views and okay, you know, some of those views are from horrible people, but the vast majority are from good people who are seeing a woman who probably potentially looks like them doing something that they love. And it was such a chilled bloody TikTok. It was about Fanta Lemon. I know. Can we all just calm down? I know. And that's the thing as well. Like, I think I'm quite a strong person. And if it takes someone like me to go, oh, actually, Vian, I'm not going to post on TikTok or I'm going to delete it or I'm going to, you know, remove my account. Mm. Like, that's wrong because then all you're seeing and that's like all we have seen over the years is one certain body type and, you know, one certain person. And actually, like, we should be welcoming and seeing diversity in all shapes and forms. So, yeah, I'm not going to let the bastards grind me down. I do just think that the people behind TikTok do need to do more because I see this a lot about people hiding behind kind of dummy accounts of yeah. no profile, no posts or anything. They're just commenting to be nasty. So I do think there needs to be more regulation on it. But enough about me. That is a whole different topic for another episode, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we've had some DMs this week asking whether you have done your twerk class yet. Oh, I haven't, you know, but I think I have seen some maybe people on the on the um, Facebook group saying they've potentially, but I haven't. However, don't be mad at me because I did start... Um, a course that I've wanted to do for eight years. Oh my God, you have not. Uh, and you know the thing is... Oh my God, are you serious? I'm just, it's... So I started a dressmaking course and I'm just oh. so excited. Oh my God, this makes me so happy. I know how much oh. you wanted to do this for so long. I just love it and it was so good i am excited for this i feel like this is the start of lauren's world domination and oh my god literally it's just gonna be quiet and dressmaking all over your faces and i can't wait i'm so happy for you like this genuinely makes me happy like when like you just said that i could literally cry because i I, yeah i think this is brilliant and you're gonna absolutely smash it and also just don't forget hi i'm here your friend yeah Yeah, make some things for me thank you love you bye i remember because i i've wanted to do this for so long and i remember before you were just about to go on to bake off and i was like Oh, no, I'm going to start dressmaking and I'm going to make your dress yeah. for the final. LOL. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? And I was like, I was, I was going to make like a, like a cake fabric and I'm going to make you a really nice like 50s dress and a cake fabric. So soz about that, babes. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay, so I am absolutely living for this and I look forward to seeing you on the Great British Sewing Beat next year. Yes! <laughs> So you all know that we love Simply Be Swimwear because we rave about it all the bloody time. Uh, (laughs) But they've actually just launched a new collection. And I can honestly say that when I saw it, I gasped, Lauren. I actually (laughs) gasped. (laughs) I went, because it's just the most gorgeous thing. It's so, it's really cool. I really like it. So it's in collaboration with British artist Tim Fowler. um, And it's got these really amazing, bold prints. It's really different. So yeah, I feel like I'm just going to have to have my main character moment if I walk around the beach in one of these. They're really cool. They are. They're like so perfect and summery. Really, really bright blues and pinks and tropical prints as well. Uh, like all the bright blues and pinks are really on trend at the moment, um, which I love. Uh, and it comes in like bikini, swimsuits. There's even a swimsuit with sleeves, uh, a beach dress and a beach bag. Uh, sorry, where was this before my holiday? I'm going to have to book another holiday. I'm going to have to go on another holiday. Do you know what as well? Like, 
I'm not. Um, I haven't ever bought a swimsuit with sleeves before, but that swimsuit it looks like a bodysuit. It's really and it's low cut and it's really sexy. I really like that one. I've got my eye on that one, and then also the other one. Uh, the other swimsuits have got like sort of the cups on the boob bit, and they look oh, really I love that cool. One. It's like quite structured, so it's like hot blue hot pink with a little bit of yellow so it's like kind of tropical florally prints mm. but it's like really structured so it's got this kind of like black boning so it's going to be enhancing all them fabulous curves i love it yeah same and it's got the same on one of the other bikinis as well it's kind of got the boning underneath the the bust and i really like that and do you know what else i've got my eye on because i do like a little dress to wear on the but there's a beach dress in the same kind of print, these really like hot blues, hot pinks, bit of yellow shoved in, bit of turquoise. And it's really, I want it. I want it, I need it. This is such a gorgeous collection, like really, really beautiful, like elevated prints. I definitely recommend that you check it out. Uh, so if you want to buy a piece from the collection or anything from the Simply Be website, you've got our code POD20, which gives you 20% off. That's P-O-D and the numbers two and zero for 20% off absolutely everything on the Simply Be website. So this week we wanted to talk to you about something that loads of you have requested and that is mental health. Yeah, we were genuinely surprised by the amount of requests that we had for this to talk about this um, because I don't know about you, Laura, sometimes I feel like I don't stop talking about it and what's really nice is that when we open up an episode we ask how each other are and stuff so we do talk about our mental health, we're quite open about it but I guess we've never really gone in properly into depth about our experiences and our journeys and our struggles with mental health and yeah um, um, but and especially and very specifically about how living in a bigger body can impact that experience as well both in you know dealing with poor mental health and also getting treatment for it absolutely I think the two are very much linked and you know I know we've said it before and this was actually on Lizzo's recent show uh, Watch Out for the Big Girls and she actually got very upset and she said uh, it's very hard to love yourself in a world that doesn't love you back I think from a very very young age I think we were talking about this the other day about from the age of six is it that girls are aware of the kind of desire to be thinner and what kind of beauty looks like and so I think yeah the two definitely go hand in hand and certainly you know have for me personally I remember you know growing up not feeling very desirable attractive worthy again you know I've spoken about this before my dad said to me no one will ever love you looking like that men will sleep with you but they they won't stick around so I grew up thinking okay cool I am not worthy of love I'm not worthy of friendship I'm not worthy of anything and even like throughout uni I didn't really have that proper uni experience I let my weight hold me back and that is why I'm so so adamant that I don't do that now I still find it difficult I still have to force myself I I have really really struggled with my mental health I can remember going to see a counsellor when I was at uni uh, I went to university in Cambridge, but it wasn't the Cambridge. It was Anglia oh, Ruskin. They used to call us the early learning centre of um, Cambridge <laughs> because we weren't like the Cambridge University. The Diet Coke Cambridge. Yeah. In our day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I can remember going to see a counsellor and she said, I said to her, I am really struggling with my like disordered eating and like I just don't like myself I hate myself I I hate when I look in the mirror and I can't stop eating and I'm eating like a lot of kind of like chocolate and sweets and things like that and I can't stop myself and I remember she turned around to me and was like oh I know exactly how you feel and when I you know when I see a Mars bar I just have to have it and I have to have the whole thing and I just looked at her and uttered like disbelief and was like 
I'm talking about having a multi-pack of Mars bars and then probably going on to have a packet of donuts and then something else. Like, please don't tell me, especially as a counsellor, that you know exactly how I feel. And just generally, like, you never know how someone else, like, is feeling. But anyway, so I, yeah, I definitely really struggled with that. I still do. I think I've had to do a lot of my own research and my own work. And age as well and having Matt and great friends like you has all really, really helped. But, um, yeah, it's definitely really been a struggle for me uh, growing up and kind of knowing my worth and my weight. Um, And it's a lifelong thing. I, I suppose it's probably a bit different for you in that, like you were saying, that you have gained weight in later life but I wonder like how has it affected like your mental health because I know it's played quite a big part hasn't it um my mental health issues are from something separate than my body so it's traumatic incident that happened I won't go into it but my body and the way I look has also negatively you know it hasn't made it better put it that way and so you know I can sit you know 33 I love myself because I like who I am I like my personality Mm -hmm. but I don't always love my body and that can ruin your self-esteem it ruins your confidence we've spoke before about how it affects me you know in terms of like dating and you know thinking I'm not worthy of love or worthy of you know whatever um so it does negatively impact. And I think it's, I think anyone who says that they're not negatively impacted by that. I mean, I love you. Who are you? Please be like, you know, tell us all your secrets. <laughs> yeah. But it's just because the world doesn't want you to love yourself. It always wants you to get smaller. And that pressure of you want of you having to look different, to feel worthy, to look attractive, going through something quite traumatic and trying to get over that, whilst also feeling an unbelievable amount of pressure to make my body look smaller, even though that the thing I'm doing to cope with that trauma and trying to keep myself on this planet was eating. And so it fights against each other. Your brain's literally fighting against each other. I'm overeating Mm. because I can't cope Mm. with these memories and, and all that kind of stuff. But then the world's telling me I've got to lose weight. I think probably a trigger for me having a full on mental breakdown was me going to Slimming World whilst I was going through this thing and it was like pressure to lose weight every week. And when I didn't lose weight every week, it was like, oh my God, the world's falling apart. I'd overeat, it'd be worse. It's so difficult, isn't it? It's so hard. And I think, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I I know that a lot of people and a lot of you listening as well will, you know, have that kind of conundrum of like, food makes you happy and is comforting. But then like the more you eat, the more you kind of gain weight. And then the kind of, the more you kind of can feel lesser than, even though you're kind of bigger than. And there's such irony and it's so complex, isn't it? Oh, like it's, just um, it's so entwined, I think, in terms of kind of like for me, I'm an emotional eater. So I will eat when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm stressed. Um, it's just such a big part of my life. But like growing up, it definitely was a coping mechanism. And I remember when I moved into my own flat by myself for the first time, like I'm a secret eater, right? So I would always have food in my room because my mum would always go shopping on a Thursday and she'd say right go and hide it from your dad because otherwise I'll eat it all so I always had a cupboard in my room and then when I moved into my flat I remember I was like oh my god I can have all this food and no one else is going to eat it (laughs) that's my life right now (laughs) I eat like an unsupervised child it's Um, and I loved it I loved that kind of like food freedom and I think I probably did like go a little bit mad but I think I needed that but I still struggle with secret eating I would much rather have chocolate in secret and like for breakfast because it feels really naughty and like I have definitely got issues around that and I would love to have a bit of a healthy relationship with food and like 
it doesn't it's not about weight loss it's just about me having it like a healthy relationship with food and exercise definitely still a work in progress and I think probably the likelihood is that babes it's going to be something that we probably will always struggle with I think there's genetics at play as well same with that mental health is that you don't choose it do you and like I've had periods of my life where I've just been like I don't want to be here anymore and Oh, I remember probably was this three years ago before Bake Off. It was one of the reasons I applied because I was like, I need something in my life. We've been trying for ages. Um, me and Matt had had some kind of like wobbles in the relationship something had happened. And I remember going to a work event in London and just being like, you know, I don't know if you've ever had it where you feel like you're not, you're not actually like you're in your body, but you're not. Yeah, completely And I was not. literally like, I remember just going through the motions that day and people kept saying to me like that I hadn't seen in a while they're like oh how are you and I was like oh great you know just want to jump yeah. off a bridge and I j- joked about it and then I literally remember walking back to the tube station the train station standing on the bridge and being like yeah that looks really appealing yeah and that was probably one of the lowest points of my life and I was like I really like I didn't want to kill myself but I really didn't want to be here anymore like I did not want to live and I couldn't see a purpose of living if I wasn't going to be a mother I felt like I had nothing to give I feel like I was a complete waste of space um but I had some counselling and I upped my citalopram. I'm not a doctor. I'm not kind of saying to everyone, please go and medicate yourself. I'm just saying that for me personally, I could not live and function now without citalopram. And I realised that I that's okay. Like my stepmom always says to me, like, don't be a hero. If you need it, if it's a chemical imbalance in your brain and you need it, then just fucking take it. And I do. And I, I take it and I do feel better for it. I still have my ups and down days. But it does it does really help. So medication for me personally has been very, very beneficial. Yeah, same. And just on, on what you were saying before, um, I think talking of uh, those feelings, of, of those... I don't want to be here anymore feelings. I think they're quite common. I think they're more common than we think. And um, again, I don't want to go into too much, but you know, you think when you're having those feelings, you're the only person in the world and all that kind of thing. But I guarantee you a lot of people listening. And if you're listening to this and you're feeling like that, you're not the only one. And sometimes it's a case of, I don't want to not be here anymore, but I want to not be here anymore. I want the pain to stop or anything like that. And that's understandable because sometimes, you know, mental health is a, such a bitch it's just such a bitch and it can make you think those irrational things but this is where you have to just tell someone something anyone don't care who it is if it's your friend if it's a parent if it's someone at school someone at work um a bloody stranger just tell somebody because then that gets it out a little bit and then um you have to go along the the route of recovery uh, treatment in any way and whatever that looks like for me I've been in and out of therapy since 2017 um I haven't had it now for like a year and a half and I'm feeling it <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know my sister says to me sometimes she was like you know you could probably be, be in it for life if you wanted to because mm. um I think when something really big and traumatic happens it shifts your brain like it it, it's cha- it changed my life um and it's it's I'm not the same person as I was before. That's fine. I'm still fabulous, but it shifts your brain. So I could probably be in therapy and on medication for the rest of my life, which I was never fine with. But I think I'm fine with now because this is this is really fucking hard. Like just keeping yeah. going every single day. And I will say as well, part of my huge, like why I'm feeling, why I've been feeling low recently and stuff. Um, I live alone and I work from home. 
And that loneliness is a killer, right? Mm. It's awful. Um, So if I've got to do these things, if I've got to take medication and or potentially get back on a waiting list for therapy so I can feel a bit more lighter, then that's what I'm going to do. There's no heroes here. There's no there's no stigma what that you know please go fuck yourself there's no stigma around this like yeah i think the stigma around mental health is definitely shifting i think there's still a way to go oh god yeah i think dr alex george and what he's doing with the post appeal i definitely want to get on board with that at some point um i don't actually really like i don't feel any shame and i'm um I'm quite kind of Switzerland about it, really. It's just like, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. And do you know what I mean? It's just like, I take medication it's just for it. it. Yeah, it just is. I think the only thing I'm worried about is that, um, so for me, some of my friends don't even know I'm on it and they right. perhaps might not understand yeah. why you have to go on it. And I've, I dodged it for years. When the really big, horrible thing happened, I was so proud of myself that I got through that, just as an in inverted commas, without going on to medication to only two years later have to go on medication because it was getting worse. Yeah. There is no shame. If you need to go on to medication for whatever reason, you know, we're not doctors, I'm not selling that, but there's what we're saying is there's no shame around it. There's no issue with it at all. And there doesn't need to be a reason either. I think that's something that I have struggled with personally as well, is that sometimes when I've been having a very bad kind of mental health period, I kind of go... But I've got Matt, I've got friends, I've got a job, I've got a roof over my head. It doesn't matter. Like mental health does not discriminate. The world discriminates against fat people, but that's uh, <laughs> we've been talking about that on this whole podcast series. Um, but mental health does not discriminate. Um, and I think that, yeah, sometimes it, it just can like kind of hit you in the blaze. Sometimes like, like you said, like yours was trauma. Yeah. I think for me it was the baby thing. But there have been other periods of my life where I've just felt really down. But I think the stigma is kind of reducing. I do, however, think that there is a big difference between us talking about mental health and mental illness yes i was gonna say exactly this mental health and mental illness are two very different things oh my god i was we are the same yeah our cycles haven't synced up yet strangely <laughs> but we are in sync mentally yeah, everything else we're on sync about yeah and you know what we need to have like a reminder to each other every time you do a repeat prescription can you text me and then vice versa and then we'll just remember to do our repeat oh, prescriptions thanks thank very much, you babe. i'm so bad at doing my repeat prescription and i end up phoning the doctors every time like Oh, I need an emergency. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I'm really, really, really sorry. Um, yeah. So um, I need it. Thank you. I really yeah. need it now. Um, but yeah. No. Just going back on that uh, mental illness. I do feel like it's great that we start talking about mental health. I do sometimes, however, think that we almost. I wouldn't say glamorise it, but, you know, if we talk a lot about, you know, anxiety and depression and the kind of mainstream ones. But when it comes to like actual mental illnesses, bipolar schizophrenia, like I, as a Samaritans volunteer, I got a snapshot of how difficult it is to have and live with a mental illness and the lack of support and resources out there. The NHS like is not designed or built to cope with people or to help people who have mental illness uh, and I just wanted to sort of acknowledge that really because I don't have any answers but I was just wanted to acknowledge it for anyone that is struggling with mental illness because I do think that it goes so unrecognised we have all these mental health awareness weeks and months and things and I think mental illness gets so forgotten about and there is still that kind of like 
it's almost like a dirty thing and a dirty word and it absolutely should not be. So I work in the NHS and I've worked in a number of different uh, places and I currently work for a mental health trust. And I know that the parity of care that is provided by clinicians, so parity, you know, equality of care. If you've Good got a mental word. health, I write. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> she's wrote some leaflets before. The mental health <laughs> clinicians are heroes. They work so hard, I don't even understand. So the parity of care that you will receive is brilliant. However, the parity of access to that care is abysmal, um, and it's one of the things I really struggle with in this in my job. Um, you know, working communications and it's having to do campaigns and awareness days on mental health months, you know, talk to someone and, you know, or just in general in my personal life outside of my job, you know, talk to someone, but there's not always someone to talk to. Like, thank you. I know somebody very personal to me who is a year on the waiting list for CBT, a year. Mm. That's dangerous. Yeah, of course it is. My biggest bugbear, again, like coming at it from more of like a Samaritan's point of view is, what if there's no one to listen? And actually, one of the things they teach you being a Samaritan's volunteer is how to like be an active listener. Yes. It's a skill that actually I really hope that I will carry with me throughout my life. Like a lot of people listen to respond. And actually, when someone is dealing with mental health, and I say this to kind of give people advice for when they've got friends or family who are talking to them in the hope that they will then reciprocate. I think we would all benefit from kind of better listening skills. When you are in a depressed state, a lot of the time people don't want advice. And that's where, like, I do think, like, the Samaritan's Charity or other mental health charities come in, in that they probably already know what they've got to do or they, what, what they want to do. It's just about listening and list, not listening to respond. It's just listening and going, mate, that shit, that's so rubbish. Yeah, yeah. How are you coping with that? You hit the nail on the head again. We're so the same because that's something else I wanted to mention is that, you know, I don't need, well, you know, you need to go out for a walk, don't you? I know! <laughs> But my brain doesn't let me get out of my house to go out for the bloody mental health walk. It's hard. And when you're in that state as well, like I definitely, you know, people always say, like, oh, why didn't you call me? Or why didn't you text me? When I personally feel very low, mm. I do just want to shut the world off. I don't want to see anybody. And I, I always like to tell people on the on the, on the the phone, like Samaritans or friends, it's temporary, it'll pass, it'll pass, it'll yes. pass. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes that helps me. But to be honest with you, like... I think when you are just feeling like that, nothing really does help and you do just kind of need to like ride ride the wave. But sometimes it does really feel like everything is shit and the world is crumbling. But I guess, yeah, it's just the takeaway is that like a lot of people do feel like that and it isn't the end of the world and things do get better and there is help available. One thing I did want to talk about, which is slightly off topic, but um, I think is so important given that a lot of our listeners are in their kind of like late 40s and 50s is menopause and um, i think we should do an episode on it and get a guest Mate, on we have got uh, to do an episode on menopause 100 percent. because i know that that it really affects uh your like your eating habits your hormones your like your everything and like again i hope my mum won't mind me saying this but she went to the doctor because she was like i don't feel myself i just feel really out of sorts they immediately put her on antidepressants she's never been on antidepressants in her life and like, i've done a tiny amount of research but even i know that there's like a hormone imbalance like put the woman on hrt like why i'm still so cross that they just like whacked her on like and it was a really high dosage as well and she's had to navigate that like pretty much all herself like i'm so proud of her for doing that but it shouldn't have happened um and i do think that like yeah so menopause it, it, it basically it fucks you up by the sound of it up. it changes your whole life i'm so i can't i don't want it i don't i don't i don't <laughs> not I'll, for I'll me stay, thank I'll you stay 33, pass. I can't cope. hard pass <laughs> 
So as we've said before, Laura and I aren't really wine connoisseurs, but we are up for trying more wines, as we said. You know, the idea of curling up on the sofa with a glass of wine after a long day, you know, maybe listening to the latest episode of Go Love Yourself. It just sounds like the coziest, bougiest thing. So that's why we're partnering up with Wine 52. Yeah, very excited about this because... Uh, like I don't really know where to start with wine and mm. I mean if it tastes good then amazing but I'm not exactly like oh that's got a lovely something on my palate but I'm so up for trying something new um, and if you are too then Wine 52 could be for you oh I'm rhyming as well my look gosh. at me <laughs> Give that girl another podcast. Um, if you want to use code LOVE, that's L-O-V-E, you can get a free case of three wines and all you have to do is pay the 5.95 postage fee. So to give you a bit more about the vibe of Wine 52, so it's a wine discovery club that focuses on a different region every month, which is pretty cool. And their wine experts handpick three wines from the best independent wineries to send to members. So this month's pick is from the region of Castilla-La Mancha in in Spain. I'm so hoping that was right, but it wasn't. <laughs> that was perfect. I love as well that you can customise your case to your taste and pick whether you prefer like white, red or a mixture of different wines. Um, and this might be my favourite bit. Uh, you can also get two snacks to go with your wines um, and you get the magazine Glug too. What a great oh, name for magazine. Glug. That's great. <laughs> it's such a great name, uh, which tells you all about the wine, the winemakers and the region as well. Oh, I just love. And so if you'd like to try it, you can head to wine52.com slash love and you can get a free case of wine that would normally cost £32. So that is W-I-N-E, the number's 52.com forward slash love, L-O-V-E, to get your free case of wine. We put this on our Facebook page and there were more than a couple responses who said, I've gone to my doctor telling them that I am suffering with, I believe, anxiety or depression or something similar. And then they've gone along the weight route. Are you serious? They've gone along there. Well, you need to lose weight then. Yeah, okay, fine. But also don't be acting like there's no skinny depressed people out there. Exactly. They're depressed too. It's not yeah. because I'm bigger that I'm depressed. It's because of all these other things. Please help me. Yeah. And if you are depressed because you're bigger, then there needs to be, and I've spoken about this a million times and I'll continue to fucking rant about it, there needs to be emotional support for people that want it, that have disordered eating and do struggle with overeating um, because there is absolutely none. There's none, like zero zilch. I think it would have been like almost, I want to say life-changing for me, but I, I think it would have definitely helped me. I'm still hoping that I'm going to find somebody that will give me that, you know, like that healthier relationship with food. And again, it isn't about weight loss. I can't really give a fuck anymore about what I look like. Mm. It is just about like, I know that sometimes when I binge, like that's not good, is it? Like that's not... It doesn't make me a bad person. It's just like that act is probably not the best form of self-care that I could possibly do. So I'd love to get that under control. But yeah, it is so hard when you are feeling low about your body because it, it can really, really affect your mental health. I know we kind of alluded to that earlier. One of the things that I wanted to mention today, and it's something that I posted about recently on Instagram, was about leaning into the body neutrality and this is kind of like fundamentally what our podcast is all about, isn't it? Is that the, the way you look is the least interesting thing about you. The body positivity movement now is kind of a bit like, love yourself, love how you look, love your body, love those flaws, love those like flabby bits, love those curves. And I personally don't think it is realistic to love your body and love how you look every single day. So it's about focusing on like what your body can do for you. So it's about like, okay, well, my body has got me through a pandemic. My body has got me 
through university. My body gets me to my job every day. Um, and actually, like, let's just start focusing on like who we are as people in our minds rather than what we look like. It's so difficult to do in a looks obsessed world. But like, honestly, like that has been the, one of the key things for me, this body neutrality mindset of it doesn't matter what I look like. Like it just really, it doesn't matter. Like nobody is going to stand up at your funeral and go, oh yeah, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. She had a great thigh gap. And then um, I think she wore like size eight jeans. Yeah, legend. <laughs> when I die, honestly, on my grave, I want, told you I was hungry. That's what I want on my grave. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, but yeah, I think body neutrality, right? I think that's where we need to get to. And this is another reason that I absolutely freaking love the Facebook group is that I think that's the vibe of the Facebook group is that we've got all these amazing women and they're posting their pictures of them. You know, we've got bikini pics on there. We've got pics in dresses. People are wearing new stuff. And it's not like, I absolutely love my body. Look at me. It's like, hey, I'm in a bikini today. I'm in a jumpsuit today. I'm in a pla- like body neutrality is just where it has to be because I don't love my body all the time. In fact, quite a lot of the time I don't love my body, but I do love me as a person and I love the clothes that I wear and I love the things that I do and yeah. I love that I can do all these things. I don't want to hate myself and myself isn't my body. Myself is my brain yeah you're so much more than your body that's what it's it's all about and I, I think that's great and it I think the trouble I have sometimes with it is thinking oh okay so can I not go look in the mirror and go oh I look fabulous today you can say that I think the problem we get sometimes we get so bogged down with labels I'm not I don't really give a shit if you want to use the word body positive yes. or body <laughs> neutral just do whatever. whatever just be whoever the fuck you want to be and have that mindset I just think that the best way you can lose is the weight of other people's opinions and I know that's a cliche I know it's really like cliche to say that but um it's so true like you say all the time it's a them problem not you problem a lot of people that do comment on other people's bodies is because they do have their own issues and insecurities like think about it like have have you ever gone onto a stranger's account or gone up to anyone in person even in your life Mm. that you knew or didn't know and made a comment about the body no. no. Why? Because you're a good person. And I just think it's deep, deep rooted and deep seeded in lots of things. Thank you, patriarchy. Once again, um, <laughs> that fat is bad, thin is good, all of that shit. Um, but just, I know it's like so much easier said than done because it affects me personally. But do just try and piss it out because anyone who says anything bad about you or your body is an absolute dickwad. Come at me because you think I've done something wrong or you don't think I'm a nice person, but don't comment about my body or anyone else's bodies. If someone in particular is having an effect on your mental health and your mental well-being, I think it is perfectly okay and valid to remove them from your life or just, you know, like talk to them about it. Like I talked to my dad when I was, I went, I had counselling when I was about 24, brought up all the daddy issues about Mm. what he said to me and how he made me feel growing up and how I always felt less than and how fucked up I was basically from what he did. And I was like, I said to him, I know that it came from a place of love and concern, but actually it really affected me like this. I was very lucky. I got a very good response in that. He was like, I'm really sorry. I genuinely don't remember saying it. I know that I was just worried about you and your health and I wanted you to have the best life. If he hadn't have said that and that kept on, I can tell you now, hand on heart, I would have just literally binned him off because I just don't have time for people in my life that are going to make me feel like shit. There have been quite a few times in in my life when my mum has said things about, you know, like when I was getting married, she was talking about like losing, you know, losing weight for that. Um, But I think that 
she knows now and I think this podcast has really helped her like she knows not to say it which always makes me so happy uh, but you should be able to have open and honest conversations with people who make you feel shit about your mental health and likewise if you are struggling with your mental health like I, I one of the biggest things that like scared me was telling my dad that I was an antidepressant mm. because he's of that I say he's yeah. of the generation that kind of gives him a get out of jail free card but he's a self-employed bricklayer grew up in a council estate right he's literally on a building site with lads 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 he's old school and I think for him he was a bit like he sort of thought it was a bit of like a I don't know like a bad thing and I was like trying yeah. to just explain to him like oh actually dad it's kind of like my yeah. brain just kind of has like plays tricks on me a little bit but I can yeah. tell he doesn't really like it but that's a him problem not a me problem yeah. I know that I need it it makes me feel a lot better yeah this is it I think for all of it as well we've spoken about it you know having your people around you in terms you know if mm-hmm. you're a bigger body and stuff being the fattest person in your friendship group you also need an ally but this is um the saving grace a hundred percent I'd like to say my mother saved my life right you need people in your life that you can either talk to or you know don't have a, a draining impact on your mental health it's so difficult to cut out friends, but if you need to cut out friends who are having a draining or negative impact on your mental health, you've just got to cut them. Easier said than done. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode and stuff, but, you know, surround yourself with people who get it. So, you know, you and me, um, we talk literally almost every day, but there'll be some days when it sort of gets like three, four days and we know one of us is having a wibble and all we do is kind of check in, but we understand I don't respect a response for you and I understand when I don't get one. I'm not like, for God's sake, you never reply. Like we have that understanding. I have that understanding with my friend Stacey as well. Like if I don't respond to her, I don't hear from her. It's fine. But, you know, shoot off a text. Hope you're all right. I love you. Send a funny Mm -hmm. voice note. Send a funny thing. You need people like that in your life, not people who are going to drain it. Um, And again, I think that's what's great about our Facebook group. People are finding their people. I think there are a lot of like parallels as well between like mental health and being bigger as well, being plus size. Um, in that I think like society feels like we need to be fixed and actually sometimes it's about accepting that you can just live and exist and actually guess what oh my god groundbreaking be happy and exist in a bigger body so quick break from today's episode to tell you all about HelloFresh Um, if you haven't heard of HelloFresh they are actually the UK's number one recipe box kit Uh, they make cooking fresh delicious food so much easier because they send you exactly what you need plus instructions Lauren and I both absolutely love it and we've actually been using it loads lately haven't we I know we've talked a few times about how much we love it but like genuinely do love it and it makes and I've said before and I'll say it again I live alone it makes cooking for me and like actually eating good like nutritious delicious like tasty food so much easier and it takes all the drama of like what am I going to eat today what am I going to eat today what am I gonna, like that out yeah that is actually the bane of my life is like thinking what to have for dinner um but yeah I absolutely love it what have you been cooking lately you tried something really nice the other day was it some Korean dish uh yeah so I've tried before the Korean inspired steak night thing which had lots of veggies in it and oh my god it was so, the oh it was like honey and soy and it was just yes everything yeah I love that love that if you fancy trying HelloFresh, you can use our code LOVEYOURSELF for 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three boxes. That's code LOVEYOURSELF, all one word, for 50% off your first box. So we asked you on our Facebook group for questions uh, about mental health for this episode. And one of you wrote in and said, all of us are victims of a lifetime of brainwashing where our worth has been connected to our size. 
could not agree more. Uh, how do we get those inner voices to believe the new truth? Because I almost feel like a failure for not being able to do it. I mean, to that one, firstly, I'd say same. And everyone would be same because that's that's a world issue and that's the diet culture issue. So I, we get that. But what I want to say, one of the best things I ever learned in therapy, and it was la 2020, was the sentence, thoughts are not facts. Oh, love Thoughts that. are not facts. So when you have these negative thoughts in your head, try to find some evidence to support that. So if you're feeling shit about yourself, I'm a terrible person or, you know, you know, my worst connected to my side, blah, blah, blah. where's the evidence to support that? There's none. It's not a fact. Thoughts are not facts. If you want to write it down, sometimes that helps. Um, you know, if you want to write down, I feel rubbish about myself today because of this. Try and find some evidence to back that up. You won't find it. Thoughts are not facts and it's easier said than done. But try and find the evidence you won't find it. Slowly but surely you'll get there and it will become pattern for you to realise, what the hell am I thinking? Hell no, hell no. And then those inner voices will believe the new truth that you are fabulous just as you are. Yeah, I do think that. It's so hard. Uh, It's very, very difficult to kind of like overturn years of being told that you are not good enough. Mm. But just keep at it. Be kind to yourself and talk to yourself like you would a friend. If you wouldn't say it to a friend, don't say it to yourself. Don't say it to yourself. Um, because you are good enough, you are worthy, um, just as you are. It sounds cheesy, but it's so true. But it's the truth. Cheese is good. We love um, cheese, as we established last week. <laughs> <laughs> so someone else wrote in to say, when you're having a tough day with your body image, how do you pick yourself up quickly so you don't have an entirely rubbish time? Okay, so my advice for this one would be definitely be around kind of like dopamine dressing so I would say like wear comfortable clothes clothes that fit you but not only just fit you but make you feel fucking great like I really hope everyone has something in the wardrobe that makes them feel good I have so many dresses I'm like I'll wear that to a wedding or I'll wear that a special occasion wear it to Tesco's please wear it to Walmart wear it wherever (laughs) because you like don't wait around you could be dead tomorrow literally like have that attitude of like today is your last ever today right how do you want to spend it worrying about the way you look Mm. worrying that you wish you were smaller or do you want to live a full and happy life like today is your last ever today so like honestly go live it and if you still can't get yourself out of that funk then text some of your mates or your family members a picture of you in your fabulous outfit your fabulous dress and yeah find yourself some hype uh, people that can like lift you up and if that really doesn't work or you can't do that then just as we spoke about before lean into that body neutrality mindset okay all right, I might not love how I look today, but actually does it matter? Like, can I achieve something else today that isn't about my appearance? Yeah, 100% couldn't agree more. Great advice, Laura. I'm going to do that. All right, ball down to Tesco's. Yay, (laughs) let's all do that. Um, So we also had some really good, uh, powerful comments that people sent in as well. So I'll read out this one. Um, She said, something I talk about with my therapist a lot is getting past the idea that I failed and I don't deserve to love myself. It all stems from feeling like you have to be perfect, aka thin, to be worthy. And it's just not true, but it's so hard to unlearn that. I think that's it, isn't it? That it's the thin equals worthy, the thin equals attractive. And when you're not that, you feel the opposite and it's... And it's really hard. It's so hard to unlearn it. And Laura, I think you put it up perfectly earlier. It's the body neutrality movement, isn't it? It's, this is my body. And it is, this is my body. <laughs> yeah. And like, you haven't, you haven't failed. I can understand why you would think like that. But you have not failed as a person. Like, who you are as a person is much more important than you being thin. I absolutely promise you that. 
Uh, one of the other comments that we had uh, was from our lovely listeners. She said, I've just started seeing a therapist and we were talking about my need to overcompensate by being the smartest and the nicest because of childhood trauma and the rest of the mental health issues that come with being the only fat one in a family of thin, conventionally attractive people. She reminded me that the people who are in my life are here because they want to be and choose to be. Being a high achiever or ignoring my own boundaries to keep the peace and not going to make them love me anymore. They already love me the most they can and I don't have to earn my keep. I'm loved just as I am. No one should ever have to earn their keep with the people that are in their life. That is not what we're doing. So you are loved just as you are. And I think that goes for anyone. And I know, Laura, you've spoken as well before about feeling like you don't deserve friendships and stuff. Um, That is not the case for anyone ever. That is not the case. And people are in your life because they want to be there and you are wonderful just as you are. Find your people. That might not be the people that you've always had in your life. That's fine. Go and find some new people. There's people out there for everybody. Um, And I'm glad that she's seeing a therapist and getting over that um you know that feeling and that she knows that she's loved just as she is i can really relate to that i think because i have spent my whole life overcompensating for being fat but um one of the things that i'm trying to do personally it's still a learning curve is just kind of go am i doing that because that's me in my personality or am i overcompensating i kind of check in with myself i don't know if that would help oh, anyone else but that's yeah, just something that i'm advice. trying to do um but yeah we this has been such a good episode like i really hope that it's kind of like helped or resonated with with lots of you and we're so grateful like we say all the time that we are so grateful to all of you for your support thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye i love your little like bye (laughs) that was go love yourself brought to you by simply be Crowd Network, a place where you belong.